Bandwidth for all shows on the Aussie Tech Heads network is supplied by Aussie Tech Heads web hosting. For a fast, affordable and reliable Australian server with fantastic support, contact Aussie Tech Heads web hosting at aussietechheads.com.au. Aussie Tech Heads, Australia's best hosting service. and welcome to another episode of Aussie Tech Heads. This is episode 355. And what is the date today? It's the 22nd of August, 2013. We've got another great big show for you tonight. Lots of news. And uh, we might chuck in a couple of views. I know some of the guys have got a, a few views. And, uh, and and something going on with TV1 on Foxtel. Oh, I can't wait to hear that story because I never saw that. That was pulled out by one of the other co-hosts hanging around here. We'll get to them just in a minute. But before, we've got to say that uh, the Aussie Tech Heads is brought to you by the Aussie Tech Heads hosting and you can find the hosting at athwebhosting.com.au Now if you're looking for a professional little web host uh, to host your little or big business site or personal blog or whatever comes with cPanel and we all know we all love cPanel and uh, I know someone on this panel loves cPanel. There's a lot of panels, but it's good. Yes. It's uh, a panel cPanel run, run panel run. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff you can do with the cPanel, and uh, not uh, uh, more as more, as much as you like, including uh, installing WordPress, Joomla, a Drupal, or any other of the two <laughs> the two hundred uh, or so uh, installation programs that you may want to use. Whatever modules. Yeah, that sort of thing. All right. Well, you've heard their voices. Let's have a look and see who's hanging around this weekend. Because Shane's on the screen, we'll go to Shane first. How are you doing, Shane? I'm good, Glenn. How are we? How are you, Warlock? How are we, everyone? Yes, very, very good. And I, I tell you, it has been one degree here this morning. What's it been like over there in uh, sunny Perth, chilly Perth? Has it been as cold as here? It's been a little bit uh, cool in the in the um, mornings, but yeah, the days have been really good. The days have been sort of mid twenties um, all week. I don't think there's any rain on the rise or anything. Yeah, well, the days are all right. We get up to about twenty three. I couldn't believe I just got out of bed this morning. Whew, one, and I know all of you down <laughs> in Melbourne and Canberra, you're going, yeah, yeah. Drink, drink a cup of cement. <laughs> all right, and uh, also on the show tonight we got Warlock. How you doing, Warlock? Hey, how's it going, Glenn? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. And uh, Sydney be chilly be as well. Back again. Y- yes. Yeah. Yes. Early, early mornings, always freezing cold. Mm. In fact, uh, a couple of days ago when I was getting ready to go to work, uh, the windscreen had a bit of frost on it, so I thought I'll just give that a bit of a wash with a hose, and I turned on the hose and all this ice came out of it onto the windscreen. So oh, dear, oh, dear. It didn't really help much. Dear, oh, Never dear. had the hose actually get frozen, though. No. No, no, I haven't experienced that either. I know I used to live down oh, down in Albury there, and I knew the temperature, I only was there for a year. The temperature in the winter, I think, got down to about minus five. And I think it got to about five in the day. So chilly down there. So hard to everyone down there in that region. All right, let's get stuck into some stories, eh? Uh, but first, we've got to go over to Shane, who's got uh, this week in tech history. What's happened this week all those years ago, Shane? Can you rattle some off for us, please? 
I will rattle some off. I'm going to do quite a few tonight because um, it seems to be quite tech-focused this week. Uh, August 17, 1944, Larry Allison was born in the Bronx, New York City. Nine months late, nine months after contracting pneumonia, he was taken to Chicago to be raised by his aunt and uncle. He grew up to drop out of college, moved to Berkeley and co-found Software Development Labs, one of the most successful corporations in history. Today it's known as Oracle. Oh, well, there you go. 1944, eh? Hmm, interesting. Yeah, 1944, yep. And he dropped out of um, he dropped out of uni. Yeah, right. I didn't go to uni. Uh, where am I going to go next? That's probably what happened. <laughs> Here we go. 19, uh, August 18, 1947. Uh, eight years after William Hewlett and David Packard. Uh, yeah, David Packard founded it. Hewlett Packard was officially incorporated. It's amazing, isn't it, really, when you think about how old these, these tech companies are. Well, you know, the first PC, what come onto the scene, well, what was it, IBM around about, what, 1987, 88, around that sort of era. And then, but you've got all these tech companies, like, founded in, uh, when did you say? It uh, doesn't say when it was founded, uh, just when they were born. It was eight years after it was, uh, so 1939 it started. Yeah, that's, that's wild. Okay, next one. Yeah, and, and Woz was working there. Oh, really? Was he? Was he? At HP, <laughs> yep. Was he? No. He, he offered the, they offered them a uh, computer first because uh, he was working for them and it was part of his contract that uh, anything that he created should be first offered to HP. And they said, no, nah, nobody wants one of those computer things. Get rid of it. So he <laughs> went off and founded Apple with Steve Jobs instead. Well, that's right. That must go, lot, that must go down with one of the best quotes. Uh, who would need anything more than, what, 512K? Or so, whatever it was, yep. five forty meg or something, whatever, uh, whatever. Uh, uh, Bill Gates, it was, wasn't it? What did he say? Who, who will yep. ever need more than five twelve k of base memory? Six forty k, six forty k base memory. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Windows eight might. <laughs> All right, next one. <laughs> uh, August 20, 1970, John Cormack was born in Shawnee Mission, Kansas. He would grow up to co-found ID Software. And bring the world doing Wolfenstein and Quake. Oh, ooh, good stuff. We spoke about Wolfenstein a little while ago. But oh, look, I tell you, I've got another story tonight about Minecraft. So stay tuned for that ooh. one because uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm just going to do one more person who was born. Um, there's a couple of other stories down the bottom, but this one we all, this person we all know, August 21, 1973. So he's the same age as me, roughly. Sergey Brin was born in Moscow. His family immigrated to the U.S. in 1979. He grew up. He would grow up to develop a search engine with Larry Page and co-found Google. That's oh, a name that we yeah. all And uh, August 23rd, last year, Microsoft unveiled a new logo for the first time in 25 years. Uh, you will know it if you look on the front of your Windows 8 box, opting for simple squares of color and block type it with an overlapping F and T. What? Overlapping F and T. In the word Microsoft. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you F and T. All right. <laughs> let's let's I prefer on. coffee myself, no, that F and T. That's right. Now, away with ye. All right. Now, uh, we spoke about earlier a couple of weeks ago, Queensland Health and all the, well, I was going to say crap, but yeah, it is crap <laughs> that they've been going through of late, you know. 
And uh, I'm sure if you've been listening to the show, you know all about it. And if you live in Queensland, you do especially know all about it. But the Queensland Health begins planning a new payroll system. Can you believe it? The Queensland government has accepted all four recommendations of the Commission of Inquiry into the failed Queensland Health payroll replacement and is already well on track to see them implemented. One of the recommendations calls upon the state to immediately commence planning for the replacement of the $1.2 billion IBM built system. Ah, oh, it's which was in fact use a, Excel, are they? Yeah, they might. They might have a better go. <laughs> Microsoft Access. <laughs> yeah, Lotus Notes just wasn't cutting it. Uh, yeah, so the IBM was a replacement uh, for a the Lattice system that uh, was uh, pre it was previously relied upon. So there you go. It's yeah, it's just a debacle, isn't it? It's just out of control. All right, uh, Shane. Shambles. It's a shambles. What do you got, Shane? A bloody shambles. Someone should blow health department IBMs up. <laughs> where you get? Where are you taking a shame? Uh, am I going to keep going? Am I? All right, yep. cool. I'm not used to getting all this attention. Um, <laughs> we're going to go with travelers beware. Google Google Play might delete all your books. It's a story basically about um, some guy who went overseas and ba- he went to Singapore, I believe. The the article goes on to say. And because he went to a country that uh, his books weren't allowed to be sold in, Google Play basically said, okay, well, you're in a country that these books aren't supposed to be in, so I'm just going to automatically uninstall them from your device. Mm, wow. That's not nice. That's uh, – look, I wouldn't like that. I must. He must have gone well, – what sort of books were they, does it say? Like, or – uh, like so Google Play Books app on his iPad <clears throat> and uh, up and deleted all his ebooks. You see, Google Play Store doesn't operate in Singapore. Oh, so it was the whole Google Play Store itself. Mm-hmm. Um, Google Play Books aren't available in Singapore, so obviously it's not going to sell people who are who are there. But apparently, the DRM goes one step further and can and will actually delete your stuff if it catches you visiting the wrong part of the town or world. So I guess though, no, no when... more Harry Potter or Twilight for him, and Fifty Shades of Grey, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah. no! Uh, so I suppose that that uh, that uh, if you went back, if he went goes back to home, back to America, wherever he came from, that they would just re-download. Oh, I'm sure that's how it would work. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's not what very actually good, happened. It? It apparently, does say in Google's um, terms and conditions clearly state in certain cases for example if google uh, loses the relevant rights discontinues the service or product is discounted uh, is discontinued breaches appli- breaches applicable terms of the law google may remove from your device or cease providing you with access to certain products that you have purchased yeah that's not now very he's going to go to angus and robertson and go buy them all in paperback and go screw you man <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's right. That's the thing. Because you, you, if he, if they were in paperback, he could have taken them over overseas with him and and taken them into Singapore. Because I don't think they'd be banning uh, a certain amount of books. Not like he was going to China or anything like that. With you know down with Tiananmen Square or whatever, plastered all over his covers. But anyway, that's interesting. It's just another step of yeah, your your rights, I suppose, are one eroded away. Yet another step, little by little, and the and the curse of DRM. It's that the, the scourge gets everyone, doesn't it? At some time, a bloody shambles. It is now. Look, you might be wondering where is Eric and where is Will? Well, they're away tonight, uh, this week, so they should be back next week. So don't don't sweat. 
You can still send them emails, Eric or Will at AussieTechheads.com.au. And also the AussieTechRadio.com. That's 24-7, wall-to-wall tech podcast. So AussieTechRadio.com. You can get that uh, from going to that website and uh, have a look at the instructions or go to uh, your Android or iPhone, iPad, iOS device and download a Shoutcast app and search for Aussie Techheads and you'll find it. So there you go. Shows reset Thursdays nights. So might as well call it Fridays. Um, yeah, I was going to go somewhere else, but I forgot where I was going. Let's go to see Warlock. What's he got going this week? Well, you got cooking. Well, Samsung Galaxy Gear smartwatch is going to be due on the 4th of September. Uh, we haven't got enough watches that are going to be smartwatches, so it's time to throw another one in there. The new device will arrive on 4th September, according to reports, along with an updated Galaxy Note 3. Oh, yeah, yeah. Apparently, according to specs leaked, it's going to run on Android, feature 2.5-inch OLED display, a 320 by 320 resolution display, dual-core 1.5-gig processor, 1-gig RAM, and 2-megapixel camera, and lengthy battery life, and apparently Bluetooth and NFC in there. So it'll be yeah, interesting nice. to see how that goes. Yeah. Um, I guess Google people get the uh, Samsung one, and uh, Apple people get the iWatch, and uh, never the twain shall meet. So don't you won't be switching devices too soon then, because... Uh, to go from Apple to Google, you're going to have to buy a new watch. That's right. So is that going to um, be released here in Australia on that date? Doubtful. I'd say oh, it's... Okay. After. So it's, it's due September 4, but is that, that's not a due out to buy. That'd be just a launch, wouldn't it be? That'd you would be, expect something like that, But yeah. it does say, the story does go along the lines of it will arrive, but maybe the launch will arrive. Maybe something like mm. that. Now, those of you that watch us in the lounge, thank you very much. You can, you have been watching us at AussieTechHeads.com.au forward slash live. And maybe, if all goes well, because as you know, uh, this episode is actually re- being streamed live via YouTube tonight. We finally got our 100, so thank you everyone that subscribed to the YouTube account. And it allows us now to uh, go out live uh, on YouTube. So I'm, I'm told, because I haven't actually watched myself like on the stream, if you know what I mean, as I'm doing it. But I'm told by the my learned my learned colleagues here that if you go to youtube.com forward slash Aussie Tech Heads, uh, when we are live, it, the live show will appear as the what to watch next uh, item up there at the top. So uh, it's all nice and in your face if you want to see us live. So why not? Uh, some, sometime down the track, I will embed it into the webpage as best I can. So you can still use the uh, aussietechheads.com.au forward slash live. If I can't embed it, I'm sure you'll be sure that they put a link in there. Okie dokie. And uh, so, but keep that in mind if, and, and do it. All right. Snuggle up because it's cold. Now, the Liberal National Party to revisit number plate scanning. I didn't know they, they'd been there before. But the Coalition plans to resurrect a proposal to roll out automated number plate recognition, or ANPR. Ah, government, they love the, their little acronyms, don't they? Hey, ANPR. And their surveillance. And what? And their surveillance. Oh, yeah, they love that. Now, in a bid to yeah. track the movements. Now, this is this is where I thought this is. Now, this is why I put this story in because it got a bit crazy. Uh, in relation, to, in a bid, in in a bid to track the movements of criminals and gangsters near airports and waterways. So, like, yeah, I, as I read that story, I'm going, yeah, gangsters. Yeah, they've got to make sure their car's registered first, haven't they, before they drive it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're stupid. So, uh, yeah, like, obviously, gangsters, criminals and the like. 
Uh, what about a stolen they car? They have a stolen car <laughs> That's either, right. they? That's right. Like, but anyway, <laughs> you know, they're going to try. This will enable law enforcement and criminal intelligence agencies to identify people and organisations whose attendance at these locations may be unauthorised or suspicious, the Liberal and National Party said. Well, there you go. So look out for number plate scanning. It's, uh, it's on the way if they win. Uh, Shane. And yes. like every other sort of number plate reading kind of... Um, product it can be easily get around by putting hairspray on the number plate oh thanks for that tip that's uh well, reflective yeah, i've never actually tried it apparently oh, you sure. put things like hairspray on your number plate and yeah and the speed camera doesn't pick it up and things like that oh right. I'll just take them off the car yeah that's in america in some states in america you don't have to have a front number plate it's only the back number plate that you're supposed to have on the front you can either have nothing or you can have you know some other number plate face well, I think the same yeah. was up here in Queensland. Like when I first moved up here, some cars were getting around with just the one, and I'm not sure if it. I'm not sure if if it is legal to have one now or not. But uh, yeah, that's what was happening, and I think a few other states might have been the same. So you're probably right. Uh, what else you got, Shane? What's your um, what's your what's your best story for tonight? Do you want me to do that now, or do you want me to save it till the end? <laughs> do it now. That's all right. That'll be right. Have a teaser. Yeah, do it because no, I don't know now. what it is. I want to hear it. I'm I'm eager. I'm eager. Oh well, I was gonna leave the the Foxtel one until last, but we'll oh, do it okay. now. Okay, we can go. We can go later. All right. No, no, we'll do it now. Okay. We now we've we've already told people it's coming, so we gotta do it now. Do it now. Fulfill our obligation. Foxtel's TV One and Sci-Fi to close in December. Two of Foxtel's most popular channels will go off the air at the end of the year. The owners of TV One and Sci-Fi haven't been able to negotiate a deal with Foxtel. And the channels will close when the current deal runs out at the end of December. Media Week reported that Foxtel seems certain it can find replacements for both and keep the most popular content available to subscribers, probably obviously on different channels. Foxtel will reveal detail will reveal details of its new general entertainment and science fiction channels once uh, the finalised the new content deals. TV One and uh, FX both allow playback. TV and tablets right now and if you sign up to Foxtel's Play you can uh, watch them on your computer yeah, hang on, but you can't watch them on your computer sorry about that, so you can't watch them on your computer because of a strange licensing quirk one benefit of the upcoming changes may be improved cross licensing that lets you both watch channels uh, on more devices yeah, what's we'll the- just get the torrent yeah. That. Well, that's sad to see that uh, TV One that's been around since I think Foxtel started. So that's going to be, you know, that's not going to be no good. That's no good that it's going to go away. It'd be interesting to see how they do replace that channel. I think because because TV One would probably hold rights uh, to say like Seinfeld and Law and Orders and, and that. I think that's the only two shows they've got, isn't it? That's all it seems to be on. Maxwell Smart <laughs> is that no? Isn't he, is he on TV One or is he on Triple One? It's on that Triple One. Yeah, oh. yeah. So maybe the triple one. I don't have Fox now. No, no. Well, Max Fox used to be on uh, triple one, but you know. Sorry I'm... about that, Chief. Yeah, I missed it by a lot much. So I don't know. I don't really care as long as the new channel's got the Dukes of Hazard on it. That's, that's, that's all I care about. <laughs> yeah. Woohoo, Daisy. Now, I what Daisy looks like these days. <laughs> oh, who knows. Who knows? Google it. Yeah, we could Google have a look. Uh, yeah, look, I don't know. The Sci-Fi channel, that's interesting. Uh, I don't know why that would be. And what, and what do they want, though? They must want more money. 
They want the TV One and the Sci-Fi Channel must want more money than what Foxtel's prepared to pay. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of channels out there in there. That's probably the underlying message, yeah. And with the uh, all these new uh, digital channels, you know, like you could get seven two, and you can get all the say the old British sitcoms. You now, are you being served and one foot in the grave and uh, keeping up appearances? So, what do you want the Fox Classics Channel for when you've got seven two, and on seven mate, you probably got another ones and gems and everything. So yeah, the only reason I got Foxtel is the sport. I need the I need the NRL. I need the fix. I need Sat- Super Saturdays. But other than that, don't care. Oh, and Prisoner. But other than that, <laughs> I, I don't care. All right, that's sad. That's no good. That is no good. All right, let me find a, let me find another story from me 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 me. Oh, here's just a quick one. Amazon outage. Now, Amazon uh, went out, went down. And it's one of the top websites in the world with between 70 and 80 million visitors a day. Earlier this year, it suffered a 47-minute crash at the end of January. It's estimated that Amazon loses $70,000 in revenue for every minute it is offline. The uh, time outage lasted 20 to 25 minutes, potentially costing 2 to $3 million. In sales, so that's uh, quite hefty that they're missing out on. But are they really missing out on it? Amazon Web Services appear to have been unaffected by the crash, although its control center did report error rates during the incident. Amazon is yet to comment on the outage. Now, why I say are they? Did they or do they really lose two to three million in sales? Now, my thought process behind that is. All right, so you're down, but that two to three million that might not have happened in that uh, in the in the time that it was down. But if you want to buy something, you will buy it when it comes back up. So the two to the three million is just delayed. Does anyone agree with that or disagree? Yeah, so, it still happen. Yeah. So sorry, I was looking at a picture of someone American. suffering a bad case of middle aged spread. <laughs> we found oh. Daisy jig for him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, we might not be able to show that one. Well. Mm. She doesn't. You can show it. She just didn't age well, that's all. Poor Daisy. Um, yeah, no, people are just well, going to buy their Amazon stuff a bit later. Yeah. Um, if you wanted that thing or, you know, maybe you have a quick look at eBay or something. But uh, a lot of, uh, because of the deals they've got in America, people are addicted to their Amazon. You know, you can get uh, next day delivery, Super Express stuff. You can get uh, your subscriptions and uh, get all your bulk uh, TV, movie watching, and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah, people right. are just going to wait a couple of hours, and they'll come back and buy it just what you like you said. Yeah, like so. You know, they they probably go two to three million people ringing up, going, "Ah, oh, you cost us money, you cost us money." But really, no, not really. It's just no. delayed, just delayed. Now, my... I saw a story, um, and I don't know if you guys have got it or not, but and I didn't put it in because I thought one of you guys would have it. Where um, Google went down during the week as well. For a few minutes, yeah. They did. Yeah, and took about 40% of the internet traffic with it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, Friday afternoon, US Pacific Standard Time. Uh, almost all of Google services around the world went down. As a result, global internet traffic did drop, as Shane said, by 40%. Yeah, that's huge, isn't it? That's internet traffic dropping by 40% just because Google goes down. You know, that's... Uh... If you can't Google it, it doesn't exist. True. <laughs> Very, very true. Now, I'll tell you what doesn't doesn't won't be existing after two thousand and fourteen, or as as in the Microsoft's dreams, it won't exist anymore. Is XP? They're sort of really they've they've been a hard road shuffling this thing into the grave, 
But hopefully, they think it's finally going to get there. The XP ends... Finally going to XP off. That's right. <laughs> XP uh, will retire, will die, hopefully, not gracefully, <laughs> next year at the end of... No, on April 8th, not even the end of April, April 8th, 2014. Now, Microsoft is intensifying its efforts, asking users to get out of XP. Uh, XP started back in April 2001. So after April 8th next year, Windows XP Service Pack 3 customers will no longer receive new security updates, non-security hotfixes, free or paid assisted support options or online technical updates. I wonder what happens to all these people that used to work there doing hello XP. Any new <laughs> any new vulnerabilities discovered in Windows XP after its end of life will not be addressed by Microsoft. So if you're on XP, you've got to get off. And if you're on XP, because otherwise you're just going to be a little haven, aren't you? Your little computer is going to be a, a haven for botnets. Going to be and, part of the botnet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's afterlife. It's a computer now. It's afterlife is a botnet. Part of a botnet. Yep. Metamorphose. Now, according to a study conducted in April by VMware, 64% of enterprise size companies still haven't migrated off XP. It's enormous amounts. 64% of enterprises. It's huge. The same goes for 52% of mid sized firms and 61% of SMBs. Now, common challenges such as end user downtime, data loss, migration failures, and effort. Oh, poor old effort <laughs> to upgrade mm -hmm. remote employees. In addition, cost is an impediment. Gartner, oh, whoever they are, some, some little survey firm apparently, has estimated that based on a 10,000 PC environment, the expense of migration is between $1,200 and 2000 per machine. Wowzers. So I think, uh, look, there's still government agencies in Australia with XP and... Uh, Yes, I don't think there's any XP in this. Health. Probably. <laughs> well, after the... No, Three one, one. Yeah, they've got to go backwards. <laughs> You've got to go back before you go forwards. They're going back to 3.1. Now, uh, yes, so XP. Is there, you, got, you guys got any XP machines? I haven't. I haven't. Nope. Uh, and, yeah. And the good thing about it is that if you've got a machine that is running XP, just go and put 8 on it. It'll work. It'll work. Uh, 7 will work. Windows 7 will work. Windows 8 will work. Uh, look, and, Windows, and because Windows 8 is out, um, you go on eBay, you probably get Windows 7 for a fair price. So just upgrade and take the advantage of upgrading and format the machine at the same time. Like, you know, take, take it on. Take it all on. Take, back up first. Yeah, well, you got to back it up, but take it on. Take it on. And don't forget your uh, emails if you're using Outlook <laughs> on the desktop. <laughs> Because that's one of the things that I always used to forget to back up. And you go, oh, no. All right. That's why it's more webmail now. That's right. Walk, where are you going to take us? What joyride? We're going to take us over to uh, Western Australia. Do we know anyone from there? We do. <laughs> Shane, what have you got going for us? Over in Western Australia, II Net's oh. new $79 unlimited quota plan called Jiva. It's going to be uh, challenge the cut rate ISPs, TPG and Dodo with a new $79 broadband and telephone package offering unlimited broadband quota and it'll be marketed under the new brand dubbed Jiva. Jiva? So you get uh, ADSL 2 plus broadband connection, unlimited broadband data, all local and national landline calls and a wireless modem. And here's one we prepared earlier. Nice. Wow. Well, there you go. So $79 a month, 24-month plan. 
uh, can't you do unlimiteds now? Doesn't TPG do unlimiteds? Yes, that's why this is taking on TPG and Dodo who have oh, unlimited okay. plans. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, sorry. Yep, cool. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Well, I thought you were. I thought you were passing there yeah, just before that story. I thought you were... <laughs> <laughs> no, I net's in Western Australia. It's where it started. Cool. Uh, Shane, you're in Western Australia. What yes, is, what, what, it actually started as a company called Ferntree. Who II Net did? I believe. Yeah. Why the, what, what's, the, what's behind um, the right, II? So I was just scrolling up to have a look at the other stories just to make sure I was going to steal someone else's thunder. That's all right. <clears> you steal away. No, no, that's all right. I will go with the next story will be Aussie's pirate Breaking Bad more than anyone else on Earth. No. Australian Tell you, we're good at everything. <laughs> Australians top the charts for the most notorious pirates of Breaking Bad on the planet. Aussie, 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 according to the um, torrent freak. Aussies top the charts for illegal downloads. Uh, downloaders pulling the return episode of Breaking Bad with 16.1% of the world's traffic coming from within Australia. We weren't too far ahead. Of the pack, however, with the US coming uh, at 16%. So, really, just pip them, but that's right, a win's a win. Um, followed by Cana- uh, Canada, <laughs> followed by Canada um, at 9%. Australia's most pirate happy city in the Breaking Bad return was Melbourne, with one in 20 illegal downloaders uh, living there. Our second place was claimed by Sydney, with one in 30. And it uh, doesn't say about who the rest are. Uh, this isn't the first time Australia has set uh, world records for piracy. Almost every successive return of Game of Thrones. Um, well, apparently we down like that, like there's no tomorrow. Uh, the latest piracy figures come from both Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad have been fast-tracked to Australian screens just hours after release. So even though they've been fast-tracked, mm. Hours later, we're still hell bent on downloading pirated copies of them for some reason. Yeah, well, maybe it's too. Uh, why would that be? Maybe people just don't like watching the ads, you know. Uh, yeah. And I, but I'll tell you another reason that it, that it could be is that sometimes now you, you might you might disagree and you might tell me that I'm wrong and and I'll take that. But I reckon sometimes that you can download a pirated version of something and it's a better quality than what you'll get off the TV. Even can you believe that? Particularly if you're on Foxtel, they compress the heck out of mm. all their channels to try and squeeze as much as they can through there. Yeah, but even like with the say, uh, say with the, say Doctor Who as an example comes to mind. So that's on ABC One. Where well, that's ABC One doesn't pump out you know 1080p, and then well, I think the BBC. I'm not sure does the BBC, but they pumping out a high. I'm not sure what the BBC pumps out. But anyway, uh, I've looked at a couple of uh, you know side by side, and I reckon that sometimes you can get a better. Better quality from the from the BBC from the or from the download. I mean, but that doesn't worry me. I will wait yeah. for the wait for the. It's, it's fast tracked. I don't want to wait a week. And what last year was yeah. only a day. And and Dexter, it's not worth downloading. Like it's on a, it's on in the US. What probably our time Monday uh, morning, something like that. And it's on Foxtel at four thirty that afternoon. So you, yeah. why would you bother? Well, you know, like you, you can PVR and time shift it anyway. So well, that's right, because that's what we've done. We set the Foxtel to record at four thirty. Watch it at nine thirty. Well, then it's repeated yeah. at nine thirty anyway. But but then we can watch it at nine thirty. I don't know. Why skip we the do ads. That. Yeah, maybe I don't know why we do that. But anyway, we do. <laughs> I think we've discovered a flaw in your plan. But maybe we're watching at eight thirty or whatever. Whatever. I don't know, but that's what we do. So a little insight there in our chaotic 
Foxtel <laughs> recording regime. Uh, all right, now let's have a look and see what else that I have here. Let's go with... Done that, done that, done that. Oh, Sony. Sony names the PlayStation 4 launch date. So all the gamers, they'll be all getting excited, won't they? Now, this launch date is, I'll tell you, North America on the 15th of November and Europe on the 29th of November. Sony said that there have already been more than 1 million pre-orders of its new console worldwide. It added that a total of 32 countries would be able to buy the PS4 during the Christmas holiday season. So that, you would imagine, would be us. Previously unannounced PS... Yeah, sorry? I was going to say, what's that stick-looking thing? Is that their equivalent of the um, the Connect? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's the, I don't know what they call that. The eye. The eye. Oh, that's right. The Sony eye. Now, I, I, previously unannounced PS4 titles unveiled in Germany include Shadow of the Beast. And that's a reboot of the 1980s. Oh, the Commodore Amiga title. As yeah, a Sony exclusive, Shadow with a Beast, welcome back. Everybody's gone to the Rapture, hmm. a post-apocalyptic game from the UK based developers of Cult Little Dear Esther. And Minecraft, the landscape, yes, the landscape building title, which has already been a hit in the Xbox 360 and PCs and tablets, no doubt. I don't know what it is, but my kids can't get enough of Minecraft. They network their little tablets together and away they go. Digging, building, fighting, dying, whatever they want to do. So, yeah. That's where I live, my Minecraft server. It's all coming to the uh, Vita as well. The Vita? Is that the little PlayStation site? Vita, their little portable device they got coming out. And I think that I read that, that they've, they're not been going too well. They've dropped it 50 bucks. So look for a price drop in that as well. Is that, did they drop the price on those? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the what PlayStation it was. PlayStation 3 and 4 and the Vita are all been announced to get uh, Minecraft, which is awesome. Right. Okay, cool. Uh, Shane, you got another one for us, please? I do. I do, 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 do, Please and thank you. All right. Snowden reportedly started stealing spy documents while working at Dell. Unnamed United States officials um, and other anonymous sources tied told Reuters about Dell about the Dell connection. They say that Snowden started downloading information about the government spy program as early as April 2012 when he was working at Dell. It appears that the NSA was one of Dell's clients at the time and Snowden managed to win access to the documents about the NSA's collecting information from fiber optic cables, including transoceanic uh, cables. A Dell spokesman told Reuters, we are honouring our customers' requests that we do not comment on this matter. So they've already confirmed that the NSA were a customer. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So there's, that's exactly right. But how's that other guy, like, getting away from uh, this dude, but how's Snowden, how's that other guy, Manning? I think he was, wasn't he sentenced today? Bradley Manning, the WikiLeaks uh, supplier of information. He was sentenced to like 30, years. 30, was it 35? Yeah, 35 yeah, 30 years. something, yeah. That's immense. He's twenty five now, so what's that? He's going to be sixty when he when he if get, they let him out after that time. Yeah, when he gets out of the can. Jeez, I wonder if he regrets what he did. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but um, seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. Oh, jeez. And I saw uh, Julian Assange. He's still holed up there in uh, England in his little hideaway. 
and he's little over there doing something. And I see him on the team. Apparently, there's a um, couple of senators or candidate senators that um, jump ship. Yes, yeah, they uh, they weren't happy with the democratic way that uh, that party was run. So not not they weren't casting aspersions over towards Assange, I don't think. But I think there's a couple of you know power plays over here in Australia in the in the uh, management side of things, as we all know. That's what goes on. All right, let's go to here. We go now. Have we all got a LinkedIn profile, Randy? Probably. Nope. No. Yeah, we do. I do. Warlock, why not? Never be bothered. I've um, just never found any use out of it. Yeah, I haven't used it for over a year, but I've got one. Except for a lot of spam emails saying about people on LinkedIn. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, look, I'm on there, but yeah, look, yeah, you're right. I don't use it too much. But anyway, LinkedIn is dropping its minimum minimum age for membership from 18 to 13. Why a child or a teenager would want so to be... So they can oh. put their experience at McDonald's on there. Children's profiles will ha- well can't they wait till they're eighteen then put it on? They don't want to wipe no. it for Beth. Children's profiles will have default settings, making less of their personal information publicly visible, with more prominent links to safety information. Oh, nice support requests from child members will also be dealt with separately by Big Dog. Doctor Bernie Hogan of the Oxford Internet Institute said that the development, which takes effect on September twelve would help children differentiate between the public profile they want for employment and the personal profile they share on Facebook with their friends and family. I'm personally opposed to employers intruding on Facebook pages while screening candidates, he said. So, they're still going to screen well, the your Facebook page. The thing is like this, you get, you get your um, funding based on how many users you've got uh, joined into your company and if there's not enough people joining up, Take the uh, age restriction back a few years and we'll see if we can get some more people to join up just who were not allowed to join before due to their age. Yes, that's it's probably what's going on. But look, I don't know. I don't see why children really do need to be jumping on LinkedIn. It'd be boring as hell for them. They're not be- How are you going to become shift manager of the the um, chip fryer <laughs> if you don't have a LinkedIn profile? You're going to be that's stuck right. at junior floor sweeper for too long and saying, do you want fries with that? Yeah. Now, if you're on LinkedIn, shift manager, next step. <laughs> but I don't, I, I don't know if LinkedIn uh, connects with Facebook. I suppose it does somehow. Everything connects with everything, doesn't it? But, but th- what this guy at the Oxford Institute goes, he says, I'm personally opposed to employers intruding on Facebook pages while screening candidates. Well, that, nothing's going to change by lowering the age on LinkedIn. Like, got nothing to do with it. No, employees are still going to go and 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 scrounge around Facebook, aren't they? They're still going to go. Yep. Yeah, they're going. Let me look at little Sally Offnoff, and we're going to go over to Facebook and have a look what Sally's been up to. She did what yep. at fourteen? Oh my goodness! So there, and um, you know, but I don't think that that's just rubbish. I think it's probably more more to it than that. Uh, Facebook's. Zuckerberg got his Facebook hacked. Did you see that? Hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a Palestinian programmer has highlighted a flaw in Facebook security system by posting a message on Mark Zuckerberg's private page. Now, this dude, Mr. Shrete, said he had tried to use Facebook's white hat scheme. And that what that does is that offers a monetary reward for reporting vulnerabilities. But poor love, they ignored him. Facebook said it had fixed the fault, but they're not going to be paying him any money. 
for finding it. And I'll tell you why. No, they suspended his account too, but the community ended up uh, raising the money and giving it to him anyway. So, well, what is that? Just a few Facebooks. What do you mean? So they they closed his account. So the but... Facebook closed his account and said you're not getting any money for finding a bug, even though we told everybody yeah. if you find a bug and report it, you'll get money. So the community got together and raised the money and gave it to him because they reckon he should have got it. Facebook was being stupid. That's ridiculous. That's that's ridiculous. Yep. Hands up if anyone here would give money for that. Crickets. <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> what what is going on? Click on my PayPal donate link, please. Yeah, like why? Oh, there's some guy in Palestinia. Oh, he's done his best. Let's donate him a couple of bucks. Poor love. Yeah. Now he, apparently he wrote to Facebook's white hat team. To warn them of the glitch, providing basic details of his discovery. But, as I said, they ignored him. After a short exchange with the team, Mr. Shrete, uh received an email saying, I'm sorry, this is not a bug. In the post, Mr. Shrete, whose first language is Arabic, said he was sorry for breaking your privacy and, and post to your wall, but he had no other choice. What other choice did the poor dude have? He had to it's do it. It's not a bug, it's an undocumented feature. Yeah. <laughs> After it being... says, uh, Mark Mofret, Chief Technology Officer of cybersecurity firm Beyond Trust, is trying to mobilize fellow hackers to raise 10 grand to award him after Facebook refused to compensate him. He's a high school dropout self taught hacker, is Mofret, who runs uh, Beyond Trust and said he's raised about 9,000 US so far, including 2,000 he initially contributed to uh, compensate the guy for Facebook snubbing him. Wow, that's insane. Some people, they got a lot of money. He added that, um, uh, so Mr. Shrett had highlighted the bug using the accounts of real people without their permission, uh, and then because he did that, he would not qualify for the payment. I think that's their their stance. That it, yeah, so, uh, yeah, he added that as Mr. Shrett, or Facebook had added that as Mr. Shrett had highlighted the bug using the accounts of real people. Yeah, so, yeah, that's why they're not. Uh, what other option did he have? <laughs> Well, that's right. Mark Zuckerberg None. might not be real. He thought might have thought he was a puppet or something. I don't know. But <laughs> Just give him a job. But look, we we have a Facebook page. Did you know that? We have it, and it's at facebook.com forward slash Aussie Techheads. And no way. Yes way. It's been there. For, hack it. It's oh. been there for ages. Yeah, Mr. Shrete, stay away. Uh, yeah, so you, you can find us there every day. I'll put up an iOS app that's free for that day, and Warlock over there, over. Yep. There, he will put on a Android app that's free for that day. So there's plenty to go and see on the Facebook. You can, <clears throat> excuse me, you can find uh, links to the shows that get uploaded to YouTube and all that, all that sort of goodness. So if we haven't mentioned it before, you don't know our YouTube is youtube.com forward slash Aussie Techheads, and we are now streaming live to YouTube. It's beautiful. And also, don't forget the Aussie Max Zone Tuesday nights live, hopefully through YouTube as well. Uh, you can go to their webpage, aussiemaxzone.com.au. You need your Apple fix. Tuesday nights, Warlock, myself, and a Jason. The other Jason is on Tuesday nights. Uh, that comes out Tuesday night, <laughs> of course. All right, let's see. Where, where else am I going? I've got a, a couple of more little stories. I've got, do you want to hear me Minecraft story? Yeah. My Minecraft story. All right. So this dude who created Minecraft, whatever his name is, his name is... Marcus Person. That's him. The new... So Minecraft Marcus Person shelves 
his new video game. Now, this is apparently called... Now, you probably you might have the correct pronunciation, but as far as I can see, it's zero by 10C. Is, is that right? That's good. Yep. Uh, the new project was previously titled Zero by 10C. It was to be a space-themed game set in the distant future. Mojang, the company behind Minecraft... Record, how much, this is this is how big this this game is. Uh, Minecraft recorded fifty seven million pound profit in two thousand and twelve, and had promoted uh, zero by ten C during its development. Fifty seven million pounds. So what's so quick uh, calculation is probably about uh, what one hundred and seven million dollars, something like that. Uh, Mister Pearson blamed both the high levels of interest in. Zero by 10C and code copiers for his decision to stop working on it. I was streaming code and someone copied all the code and made their own version, he said of the new game during a live web stream. Mr. Pearson had previously said he found it weird that he had made so much money out of the game and told his web stream audience that he would no longer work on such high-profile projects. He's out. He's finished. 57 million in the bank. Thanks very much. I'm out of here. I'm just going to make small games that hopefully you guys like instead of trying to do something that was going to have big mass appeal. But I guess when when uh, Minecraft started, he probably thought, well, look at this graphic, unintensive game. <laughs> no one will want. <laughs> so it probably started off as a little game. As, uh, yeah, it's, uh, but that's a lot of money because $57 million, I know it costs a bit on the PC, doesn't it? It's about $40 to buy on the PC. 26 Oh, okay. And But on the tablets, I think it's about 7 so yep. you know, it's not like a, it's not a big costing game, and uh, I'd like to see you know you be able to play the the same game across devices like across PC and tablets. I think that sort of good. thing is coming. Oh, okay, because that that would be good. Yeah. Not uh, not uh, not between like uh, consoles, Xbox, PlayStation, and PC, but PC and the tablets and stuff should be uh, eventually able to be linked. They're working on that. Yeah, right. That's good. Oh, Steve will be in more places at once. Good stuff. Yep. Yeah. So, so how long have you been playing the Minecraft for? Well, you've been going crazy with it, haven't you? Probably about a year and a half. I've got my own uh, server now at um, obsidianloft.com. If you go to the website, www.obsidianloft.com, you'll be able to see pictures and how to get to our server and uh, hop on, have a few games. We've got a Hunger Games plugin, so you can play it just like the movie. Skyblocks uh, Infected is a fun game where one person gets to become a zombie and they chase after the others and try and infect them and turn them into zombies as well. So quite a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so that's, that's, that's unreal, isn't it? So what, what is the – is there an end to the game or does it just, just, just keep building? Yeah, you end up dying of boredom. <laughs> <laughs> there's, um, there's actually a uh, world called The End – because right. a lot of people complained that they, there was never any ending to it. So they coded in uh, a place called the end and um, you need to get uh, several pieces of things through the game. You collect those, put them together in a square formation and it creates a portal to the end and you jump through there and uh, there's a giant dragon that's really huge, takes up all your screen that flies around in circles and they've got a circle of pillars all around the dragon with uh, energy cubes on the top. And if you try and hit the dragon, which you most have, mostly have to do with shooting arrows and such at him, uh, he draws energy from the cubes and then uh, gets his health back and he's got a ton of health anyway. So uh, the idea is to kill, uh, shoot the energy cubes first and destroy them. 
and then he can't uh, recharge and then you go after the dragon and kill him and then there's a great big long uh, mini story that scrolls slowly by for about five or seven minutes or something telling you the story of Minecraft and who made it and thanks to everybody and all that. So is, is this a uh, desire of yours to get there or you, you think you're just you're going to find enough fun just trying to... Yeah. I've been there. You can, uh, in Minecraft, you can switch to what's called creative mode that gives you access to all of the objects and all the stuff in the game and gives you uh, invulnerability. So uh, you can create an end portal in like, you know, 20 seconds and then jump through it and then go through there and fly around with invulnerability and eventually kill the dragon after many attempts. Uh, not of, of course, not as fun as getting all your friends together to take on the dragon, but uh, mm. you can get there and find out what it's like just to try it out. The only game I ever finished was a thing, uh, Dragon's Lair, if you remember that game. Uh, that was yeah, the only thing yeah. that I have actually finished. That was the, the first game on, like, Laserdisc, I think it was. And I remember that being installed down at the bowling alley, down there yeah. at the Tweed. I played and saw that. That was great. Yeah, and I think it was like... the Amiga too. Yes, yes. I think I've actually... I, I got it on the PC. I've got the disc here. Uh, I haven't haven't installed it for ages, but... Copy disc? No, CD. It is on a CD. Uh, but the thing with the Dragon's Lair is that it was a strange sort of a game because it was all planned moves so if you like I say the first went in scenes uh, so the first scene you know if you if the the moves were forward forward left forward right forward back forward left say now if it was you, mostly about timing right yeah and timing but if you moved uh, not in that order will you die so yep. so the only way that obviously that you knew how to do it was to play an immense amount of games or that, yeah, there was a cheat sheet that came out and we just memorised it all and, and away we went. Got the got the girl at the end or whatever he was after. Old Dirk, I think his name was, wasn't it? Old Dirk, yep. the Dragon Slayer. But yeah, good old uh, Dragon Slayer. Yeah. Because I remember, yeah, oh yeah, that's right. I remember Space Invaders down there as well. I remember the, all those old arcade games, you know. Uh, Way black, back when I was a lad. Yeah, black and white Space Invaders, I remember. I remember the, the. I had a uh, Space Invaders on my VZ two hundred. I used to load it off the cassette and play it on there. It was fantastic. Oh, sweet! And that and that, that's not a uh, cassette as in a cartridge. That is a cassette as in audio cassettes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Bloopity uh, boop. Do you remember the, the Space Invaders? That it was a black because the the monitor was black and white. That's why they were black and white. And uh, but they yeah. had the black and white monitor, but they put coloured cellophane over the screen. Yeah. and then they the, the, the different colours. <laughs> that's right. The 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 amazing wonders of outer space, eh? Oh, jeez, I loved it. And a, a technical thing about that uh, trivia is that um, the uh, ships, the enemy ships, were programmed to move at the same speed constantly, hmm. and it wasn't designed to just speed up as it got further down the screen. But that was a limitation of the technology at the time when it was moving. First, it was moving so many uh, yeah. aliens across the screen <laughs> that it slowed was moving slowly. But right. as you shot them, it had less and less to move. And by the time it got down to the bottom, due to the timing of only moving one ship at a time by then, it just happened to go faster. And <laughs> when they were playing it, they said, oh, that's a really cool feature. We might leave that in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought it was too, because there's only one little dude left, you know. you got to make him harder to yep. get, haven't you? But, you know, like the games that, that bore probably people today, you know, like Asterix. Oh, you remember Asterix? It was just a, like a line... Game you just made boxes on the screen. That, was that little thing going in circles. Quicks. That little Quicks. 
That's right. Quicks. Quicks. Yeah. QIA. Is that? Yeah, I think that's the one. He's that... talking about asteroids and quicks. They're not the same game. <laughs> oh, it's a long time ago. It's a long time ago. Look, oh, look, back when I was a kid, I remember the pinball machines. They were all mechanical. <laughs> you know, Williams. Around like that. The numbers I had this favourite one that I used to play and uh, had this little head in there, this guy who talked to you, and uh, you had to try and hit the ball into his face and he'd be going off at you like, hey, stop that. Hey, hey. It, well, it, stop, well, stop hitting me in the face and a bit you had a clock in there and eventually you're, the clock would go around to midnight and then you had to try and get the ball into his mouth and that got him really angry and he started yelling at you and he spits the ball out and he's like right that's it and then he comes up yeah it was really cool it, it i've got it on the, i've actually got it on the xbox they've got all the um games on a uh, pinball uh game there and you can um, download new ones, that sort of thing. It wasn't. It wasn't. You our, know, um, it wasn't our. Head it was in, in a there, story that I was going to do last week, and we never got to. But pinball um, was a was a illegal in a in a lot of American states up until fairly recently. Hey, really? Yeah, it was. Um, I can't remember the the exact like dates and everything, but basically, up one of the states, even as recent as two thousand and six, pinball was illegal, but. Back in the 70s, it was illegal everywhere because it was classed as gambling. It wasn't um, a, a game of skill. And it was one guy who was a, um, a journalist, a tech journalist, uh, or video game kind of gaming journalist back in the 70s. He actually played a game of pinball uh, in front of Congress or some political kind of committee and proved to them that it was actually a game of skill. And how he did it was... He played on two different um, machines just to sort of prove that it wasn't just a yeah, just a one-off kind of thing. But he actually said to the people, he says, "Okay, my next shot is going to go down the middle channel of the of the pinball thing." And because it did that, they obviously said, "Okay, obviously this is actually now a game of skill. It's not a game of chance. So therefore, it's not gambling, and it's how, okay to have pinball machines." How could it be, that point, how, it was illegal. But how could it be gambling? Like you're not getting any return from it, are you? Except fun. <laughs> That's the only return that you get from it, so I can't see what that why how it was. I know there's some strange rules and stuff going on, but I've got a penny machine. It just doesn't work at the moment. It's a, a, it's called yeah. Vector, and it apparently was the I think it might have been the first multi-ball or the first. I don't think it was the first talking machine. I think the first talking machine was a machine called Gorga. And, oh, okay, uh, there's a dude and he just goes Gorga. That's pretty much all he said. <laughs> yeah, I looked it up. The uh... <laughs> pinball game i used to play is called funhouse and yeah. a little guy inside there is called rudy oh yeah <laughs> rudy he'd, he'd be, he had a really bad attitude and he'd be telling you off and you kept trying to smack him in the mouth for the ball <laughs> it was great fun yeah yeah i've had a few pennies over the time i think uh i liked uh space invaders the big wide the wide board space invaders there was i was i don't know half a times that as wide as a normal pinball machine big doug dig doug I love Dig Dug. That was great. That wasn't a penny, though. You mean the... No. Yeah, that was... A, Talking uh, about other old games. Yeah, that, that was a good one. I guess... Well, talking about pinballs, one of my all-time favourites was the Adams Family. Oh, yes, yes. Apparently, that is the most expensive pinball machine, the Adams Family one. I yeah, believe right. that because of all the stuff it's got in there when it's got the electromagnets that grab your ball and start spinning it around in the middle of the game and then shoot it off somewhere and stuff like that. It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm just going to just gonna search for this Dig Dug theme. I want to play it. 
I, love I took it. my um, daughter last year to uh, Port Macquarie and they had a um, laser tag and indoor rock climbing place there. And for 20 bucks on Saturday night, you go there and uh, they've got all the lights turned off and it's got like fluoro everywhere and um, luminescence and stuff like that. And she went and played laser tag the whole night with friends and they had the Adams Family pinball machine. So I was happy they could do all the kids stuff. <laughs> what are, what are the I didn't pin- care. I had the Adams Family. I was happy. What are the pennies charging these days? Like $2, a dollar? A bucks. Yeah. yeah. And because I used to always hate the pennies that you, you put your 20 or 40 or dollar in or whatever. And you only get three balls. I hated them. Yeah. I always liked your five balls. But look, I found um, I found your little dig dug. This looks like an updated version, but we'll, we'll give it a bit of a burl, see how it goes. <laughs> Can you hear that? Yep. There we go. When I just I think sent he's through stuck. Is the uh, pinball game I used to play. Oh, I don't think I can get it off that chat. Sorry. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Woo. There we go. No, there we go. <laughs> well, as you could probably tell, <laughs> at the end of the show, we've got no more stories. We've just been banging yeah. on about reminiscing uh, about the old days. Eh? How good were they? All right. <laughs> Where did you grow up, Warlock? In New South I Wales? grew up on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. Oh, so what's that like, uh, Coffs Harbour? Uh, a there. bit below that, Tari. Oh yeah, and and Shane, you've been you've been in uh, Perth for a while. Yeah, yeah, no, born and bred Perth. Oh yeah. right, right, nice, nice. No, no, looking at that, moving away. You like it over there? Um, no, it, it's <laughs> I probably like it more than more more out of habit than anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, yeah, if the opportunity came up, yeah, right, yeah, and nice. I don't know if I was offered. You know, a job or something in New South Wales or Queensland or on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Glenn, on the Gold Coast. Yeah, well, <laughs> I might be able to put you he in touch. You can be one of those geeks, guys. Yeah, I might be able to put you in touch with uh, Queensland Health. They might <laughs> <laughs> They might be looking for someone. But uh, but look, uh, but apart from all that, we are at the end of the show. And, yeah, so thanks for joining us. So you can follow us at Facebook, uh, like our Facebook page. That's, as I said, facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech Eds. Don't forget the Shoutcast Radio. Uh, it's got heaps of shows. It's got uh, our show. It's got the Aussie Max Zone. It's got techwebcast.info. And go and check those guys out too at techwebcast.info. They've got a great little podcast that comes out weekly, I think, Saturday. I think sometimes they stream it live as well. No, I don't think they stream video, but I think they might stream audio live. I can't remember. But check out their site and because they've got a guest on every week. And that's pretty good. You know, it's, uh, sometimes there's the little gems of information you can glean from uh, people otherwise unknown. Uh, so it's not too bad. Uh, what else is there? That's about it, I think. Uh, don't forget the AussieATHWebHosting.com.au and all the other goodness that goes with it. So uh, let's send us an email and uh, let us know what you think and, uh, and if we can do anything better or if you want something included that we're not doing at the moment, why not? Uh, tell us and we'll, we'll endeavour to get something sorted. So all right, then uh, that's it. See you later, Warlock. See you on Tuesday. See you next week. For the zone. See you Tuesday. See you, Shano. No worries. I'll see you guys. See you next week, and that's it. And and if we're all still here, you'll 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 see me next week if I still got here with all these streaming issues. But until then, <laughs> bye-bye. bye bye. Bye.